Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Joel Clark for another episode of Wusha Workshop. And today we're going to be talking about 99 Cycling Swords, also called Lungwei Village, a 1978 film starring, ah, sorry, starring Pauli Shan Kuang. Um, this movie is really difficult to describe in, in, a, in a handful of words. It's basically about a group of characters that are trying to find a man named Chu Er Ming, who is somehow trying to restore the Qing dynasty after it's fallen. And he's being aided by a traitor within an organization or group of people called the Four Dragons. But they quickly become irrelevant before becoming relevant again at the end in a very odd way. Um, And the movie culminates with the revelation that there's not just one Chu Er Ming, but there's like many. And uh, except two of them look exactly alike and the rest are just all face painted to look like Chu Erming, which I think was just a special effects issue. It wasn't that, that they were supposed to look different at all. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of the, the lowdown of the plot. Did I, did I leave out anything you think is important, Joel? Or uh, there, there's a few other kind of subplots that go along with it, but I'm sure we'll get into it as we yeah. go. In. I, I do want to point out that I was equally confused by this movie, but I really enjoyed it. So it's, it's it was a peculiar experience watching it because they, they set it up, and like I, said, I was talking about you before the show, like uh, they set up like the first five ten minutes that this Chua Ming guy is like instrumental somehow into restoring the the deposed Qing dynasty, which is something that nobody wants because it's already a different dynasty and it's illegal. It's basically sedition is what they're plotting. Well, we're in the Republican period at this point, so it's a, you know, but yeah, go on, go on. Yeah, the 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 point being that the the guy is trying to, you know, overturn the new order and and bring back the, the Qing dynasty, but they don't really go into the specifics of that plan. And I thought that we were going to get more of that. We never get any more of that. The important thing is nobody knows who Chua Ming is, but he will murder you. Like, he's amazing at killing people. You, you um, don't... So it just kind of becomes like a mystery movie. You know what I could have used more of here was good editing. This movie really suffered from some editing issues. Now, what that might have been, obviously... This is a version that's available on Prime, and it's the it's it's kind of the it looks like it's like the bootleggy version of the movie. Possibly, it's not not it's possible we're not seeing the actual cut that we're supposed to see here. But yeah, there were some it. moments where people were jumping around in odd ways, like and it was strictly because of the way the film was spliced together. And I think that added tremendously to the confusion. Wouldn't you agree? Um. I it didn't I, I I want to be careful with how I answer that question because my confusion arose I think almost exclusively because I expected the movie to do everything differently than it did um and I think that's really the core of it so the editing I don't know that it added to the confusion exactly but it would often leave me kind of um marooned in the events that were happening okay you know? It's like, okay, well, why are we seeing this now? I mean, I get why this scene is here, but why is this what we cut to? That happened, like, a lot in this movie. Yeah, yeah, no, but but that but that kind of added to my confusion. But the other thing, too, is it happened during action sequences. It wasn't just editing scene to scene. There were moments where it's like, wait a second, this person was standing over here, and now they're over here, 
and I don't understand what happened in between those two actions. Do you know what I mean? There yeah, were... I thought that was part of the uh, the mis- the mystery. A lot of times, especially early in the movie, we are really confused about who could be Chua Banks. We didn't know anybody in the cast yet. Yeah, like, they get introduced as potentially this super powerful assassin guy, and a lot of the editing is stuff like them like turning away from the camera and the the character who's trying to figure out their identity and doing that as kind of like a way of showing off how good they are at kung fu. That was and, fine. That didn't but that's not the that's not what I'm talking about at all. What scenes are you talking about? Oh, uh hold on one second, Joel. Okay. All right. So I'm sorry, Joel. Continue with what you were saying from well, What what I was saying is I don't I don't have the the grounding and the background in like Chinese folk legend Mm -hmm. to know exactly what they were talking about it seemed to me that there was some kind of um story mythical allegory or something about like like the ancient ancestors of china there's like a male and a female and it has some correlation to like positive and negative magnetic charges and like apparently there's some story where there's some kind of magnetic magical wheel that was involved and you get inside of it it disorients you and they introduce that in like the third act, the end of the third act, and then at the end of the fourth act, they they use like they basically set this like elaborate like spell ritual thing up yep. to trap the bad guy in with that, and uh, it has something to do with the duality of male and female, and that's important in a way that's not clear in the translation. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was one of the interesting parts of the film because her character is presenting herself as a man earlier in, or most of the movie and so yeah, yeah yeah so i thought i thought that was kind of interesting and and i and i liked the idea of the of the device itself the execution of it i thought was a little odd and i don't i think the editing is the thing that really hurt it do you know what i mean because the editing was clouding what it was supposed to be doing exactly yeah it's as far as I could tell, it is some kind of ritual space, and when you're in it, it confuses you when the wind is blowing. Yeah, and there's a couple of shots that you just kind of come out of nowhere. Like when the spell starts, there's like there's an actual graphic there of like this like spinning wheel of fire or energy or something. Yeah, and that was the only moment I was like, oh, okay, they're casting a spell. They can cast spells. <laughs> Yeah, it was a little unclear what was going on exactly, but but I thought I thought it was an interesting concept. It was definitely something that would be gameable, in my opinion. Yeah, um, that, that's one of those bits that like you could really make a game out of that. I, I I like those things in games where like it's not like a spell, like a Vancean spell, but like yeah. it's a it's a ritual you can put together as like a fighter, a thief, or whatever, and it just like works, kind of like science. I think that's neat. Well, and also the idea, like I actually I hadn't seen this movie before. But I had the the thing that they do with like the, the, the there are nine Chu or monks. I did that in an adventure. I don't know if you participated in it or not, but there was an adventure I did, uh, which is going to be in a book that I got coming out, where there's a um, there's a there's a guy that the players need to track down, and he's sort of involved in this mysterious kidnapping, uh, but he hires nine actors to pretend to be him, so that he can you know have so that he can go off and go to like a brothel or something while the actors are just sort of contending with anybody that's coming after him. And, and it was a lot of fun. It was tremendous fun. And this movie reminded me a lot of that, that kind of a thing. I mean, it's, it's a stand, it's kind of a trope, you know, but, but I, I thought that, that, I don't know, that was one of the more interesting parts of the movie for me was the, 
there being nine or monks and yeah, oh, I'm sorry I, no I, that was neat uh, there, there's a lot of individual neat things like that in this movie that I think make it worth watching alone but even beyond that like it's a pretty solid little movie the the mystery is actually really engaging the characters are really likable um, yeah and we we watched this because of the actress that it's in there, right? Well, like that was our that was our reasoning for watching it. And we we should be accurate in our description of this movie. This is a rickety film. Do you know what I mean? This is it a is very rickety film. What? It, it is rickety. Yeah. Yes, that's a good description. It, it's very rickety. It does not follow like a very clear cut storyline. Like it's not like one of these movies where where it's it's moving in a in a way that this feels like a well crafted film and story it sort of settles in a place in a location and has a group of characters there and stuff kind of happens and you really have to enjoy the characters and enjoy the fighting sequences to enjoy the film would you say that that's pretty accurate well here's the thing the film isn't about what it's about the the whole mystery thing the the whole overthrowing the ching uh, or bringing the ching back uh, it's not about that not almost at all what it's really about is the uh, the burgeoning romance between our two leads and the yeah. fact that they they have a case of mistaken identity going on and the the weird sort of pseudo love triangle that, yeah. that complicates things. That's what it's actually about, and that stuff is gold. Well, that's like, the best part of the movie, I think. Absolutely. I think, yeah, I, I think that's the best part of the movie, and and part of it is because the the two leads are Yu Hua and Pauly Shanquan, so both good actors, and Lo Lie is the is the other character in that triangle um so you have these you know three very recognizable actors with a lot of charisma and yu hua and Pauly shenkwan actually have a lot of chemistry here too so oh, so i, I believe them a lot yeah, yeah. and and uh, it's and it's very fun because and again it, you got to understand this is like a this is like 1978 this movie but like it it, it you know it, again it's the trope that she's dressed as a man and people automatically buy it, no matter how pretty she is, no matter. And so it produces a lot of. Well, she's wearing eye makeup. Full movie. Yeah, well, and what's funny too is it produces a lot of like sexual confusion that people just totally accept. Do you know what I mean? So like, so Which so Yu Hua's. Your attitude. Yeah, yeah, like Yu Hua, he 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 believes she's a man, and he can, and he and he obviously doesn't feel that he is attracted to men, but. He tells her if she was a woman that he would marry her, and then when she says, "Oh, well, guess what? I have a tw- I have a sister who looks exactly like me." He's like, "Oh, that would be great!" And like, yeah, her, <laughs> work. what was that? I'll marry her. That'll work. And then at one point, uh, she's like, "Would you really marry me?" Because again, so masquerading as a man, and he's like, "What do you want? Two men to get married? What an absurd notion!" Yeah. <laughs> But he's clearly attracted. Out. He's clearly attracted to her, but he just doesn't. He doesn't accept that she's a, a woman. He thinks that she's a man, and and so it's like he can accept. I don't. I don't understand. I don't know how to put it. But it's like you said. They're just very cavalier about it. There's sort of a. Uh, it's very. It's it's one of the strange things that sometimes crops up in these wuxia things because of the whole. The woman is able to dress as a man, and. And it's different film to film, but for the most part, people generally just accept it and buy it. And there's no real question. And so, and so, so I don't know, but, but, and, and the, and the dancing they do around this becomes very charming, especially when he meets her sister, right? And, you know, in quotes, uh, and, and, and then, 
and, and again, he meets the sister, and then he, and then, and so, so Polly Shanquan is playing uh, herself, dress, her, her character is playing the sister dressed as a man, basically, right? Like she, she's, it's, it's one character, but the character keeps alternating between being dressed as a man or being dressed as a woman, and, and the Yuhua character when he meets the female version is a little bit put off by how quiet she is. And when he meets the, the male version again, he's like, well, she's not like you. She's not as active as you are. And you can tell that he likes the active personality of the male version, right? So yeah. so it's just, a, I don't know, it's just a very interesting movie. Um, it is, and like, I don't know, there's something about that that's just so endearing. It's so charming. And the, the actors have good chemistry, and they really are just, like, they're fun to watch. They are having such a good time with it. So, yeah, it, it makes the movie really enjoyable. And, like, also, it contrasts really strongly with just the brutality of the fight scenes. Uh, yeah. They're really intense. And, like, they're they're not gory, but, like, they're impactful, you yeah. know? Like, there's the, the one where, he, uh, where the where he's fighting the the tigers earlier on in the movie and he, he kills one of them and the it starts like going into slow motion in the middle of the take yeah. as the guy like falls reeling backward like grabbing his stomach and like when he falls he falls like you think he's gonna fall into this table behind him nah nah he just falls like really heavy on the marble floor and it's just like really gut-wrenching watching well, that oh my god that guy is really stabbed well, he's selling it i want to talk about the fighting because I, I have a lot of comments about that but before we do just so i don't forget i also want to talk about the innkeeper's sister and mm-hmm. and how she's also flirting with the Polly shanquan character oh, when she thinks he's was... a man which again this does this is something you see more frequently in some of these films where it's sort of a playful the woman is falling in love with the woman dressed as a man type thing um <laughs> But here, I just thought I thought that the woman playing the sister was so the, she she was she had like the flirtatious thing down perfectly. It was very flirtatious, and yeah. it was played more for comedy. It wasn't like titillation or anything. Yeah, but no, it, it was very it, funny. It was meant to be very funny, and that's what I mean by it. Yeah, and I, I, it was fun. It was charming. It's what the kids call wholesome nowadays. It was very wholesome. Wholesome, <laughs> but but yeah. So so I, you know. The, I, I don't know. I just, I just like the, all the beats around that, but but yeah. But so back to the fighting. I, I thought that the the fights in this were really well done, and I I was particularly impressed by Sh- Pauly Shanquan's martial arts in this movie, because we've seen her in other films, and I feel like, and I, I don't know what the chronology is of Zodiac Fighters. I can't remember the year that one came out, and sometimes it's not a product of the actor evolving as much as it's just the the choreography or whatever but yeah, but her spinning right. kicks were excellent in this wouldn't you say like the, oh, yeah. the you know the, yeah, the fight choreography was outstanding in this one uh she especially was quite a star uh she was nimble uh she had really good like uh, the the way she moved like felt really powerful and specific and it felt natural like yeah I, feels stilted or like an actor it felt like someone who was real kick-ass martial artist it felt like she was training i felt like she was somebody who trains do you know what i mean like uh, like 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 okay she was doing a lot of spinning hook kicks in this right and those are really difficult to do in fact i just tried to do some again the other day after years of not doing them and and i used to do them a lot and and they're they're fucking hard they're not easy to pull off 
because because the balance has to be right your flexibility has to be at, at the level that it needs to be because you're spinning and you're lifting your leg up high and then you're doing a hook kick and 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 just everything has to come together perfectly and you need the power and you need the speed and yep. and, and i thought she brought yeah like moves like water it's really amazing yeah i was i was really impressed with it i, I was i i was i was because a lot of times you kind of give lead actors, unless it's like somebody like a Jet Li type, you you sort of give them a little bit of room, right? For they're not gonna they're not gonna be a pure martial artist unless it's somebody who's like a real pure martial artist. And I know she has. There's different things that I've heard about her, but I'm pretty sure she does have some kind of martial arts background or training that developed during the course of her career. And I and I don't know exactly what that is, but whatever she was doing worked beautifully in this movie this is you know real really really solid physical performance from not just her but like pretty much everybody i don't i don't think i really had a complaint yeah the the fights were really breathtaking and they they were intense and they were engaging and there was a lot of them i was surprised at the amount of fighting in this movie because like it sort of was like a detective b movie kind of it centered around the mystery and there was a good amount of fighting in that movie, but this movie, like, it's packed to the gills with some real great action. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely would agree with that. And um, and I think that the... I don't know how to put it. That It's the kind of movie where you sort of have to accept that a lot of it is just sort of... We're just going to have an excuse to fight all of a sudden. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it, it's that kind... I'm sorry? There's a bit of that, yes, I concur. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't mind. I mean, like, cause once you once you swallow the pill that sometimes they, they they don't they don't beat around the bush with this movie. Like the what the opening fight is like a guy in a cart and the back flips off and it's like the main assassin I'll be fighting the rest of the movie. And he just whips out this chain and starts killing dudes like yeah. bam like that. And that's within the first like three four minutes of the movie. As soon as they're talking about like what the movie's not about but it's kind of about or it's like oh this guy's gonna bring, bring back the Jing bam time for the hook to come out yeah so yeah the movie lets you know what it's about so if you like that scene you're gonna be on board for the rest of the movie it's, it's gonna be yeah. more of that it's great and uh and, and I do have to say it, it's one of these films where it's not well restored so the the yeah. the image is a little bit faded the music is okay at times Holy hell, no dude the music is rocking good okay you like okay okay I, sell I the music then the music is amazing we just start listening to this movie put it on prime and just start listening and there's just this like this really military drum thing in the background and i was like all right let's do this movie this this is some freaking akira stuff going on right here i'm digging it I, I yeah I mean I I like the military drum beat but I do think there are musical sections of this film that will sound dated to people is how I'll put it. Okay, fair. Yeah. But man, that that riff is real good. No, that was a solid riff. That got that got your blood pumping, which by the way is what good wuxia soundtrack should do. This should get your blood pumping, get you excited for the action. Do you know what I mean? It's no, I mean that's that's okay, okay. All right. I am going to show you we're going to end a little bit early, Joel, tonight, and I'm going to show you classic Wuxia soundtracks so you understand what I'm saying. Because this is a thing. This is like a thing that, like, Wuxia music really needs to, like, like whether it's like the opening for Last Hurrah for Chivalry or the the opening song for the 
the like 83 version of uh legend of condor heroes they they really need to get the blood flowing to 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 get your mind in the right right place for wuxia i feel there's there's a certain zen for wuxia you gotta get that balance just well, right it's sort of like they kind of got to pump you up like you're going to train somewhere you're going to do you know what I mean like or like you're going in it, 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 it you just i don't know i just i just feel like you really need to have like a uh i i feel like that's what wuxia is meant to be do you know what i mean like there's a there's a certain it's like a there's a certain sound that's almost like a combination of war and drama. Do you know what I mean? There's like yeah. a, and 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 you need to hit that to kind of to get the musical atmosphere of wuxia. Um, yeah, I think that's a good way of describing it. Where, where it's like there, there's sort of a military like beat going on there, but there's yeah. also like that that kind of like reed and string that they do. Yeah, well, no, right. there's like a human thing. It's like it's like the military and the. And the human emotion kind of coming together. Do you know what I mean? It's very important. But uh, that's that's you really got it there. But anyways, what uh, what would you do with this movie in terms of gaming content? What would your uh, your I don't know, just how how would you handle it? Well, actually, after after having played uh, Strange Tales of Song Ling with you guys a couple times, I, I would probably take the mystery element and try to center a session or so around that. I really dug that element to this movie. I thought that was neat. Um, because, I don't know, like, they kept... Much like whenever we, we played uh, Strange Tales, like, we had different kinds of strategic approaches to try to figure out the mystery. And we had... we By pursuing those leads, we interacted with different characters, and, like, we, we sort of, like, advanced and we explored the setting. And it was it was a great way to take all the content that was prepped there and really bring it to the game and, like, good way sorry about so that. no that's fine so yeah i think uh centering a, a i think a session or an adventure around a mystery is a really a way to get your players to explore in a way that's not like kind of a dungeon crawl it's, it's more of like a going around town sort of thing but it still keeps them engaged because they've got a, a central problem they're trying to solve and they different approaches to doing so, so yeah, that'd I mean, be my yeah i like i like adventures that are mystery character driven and allow for players to kind of sit in the location and confer with one another. Do you know what I mean? Because I think one thing players really enjoy is talking to each other about what they should do, which there's a lot of in this movie, right? This movie has a lot of characters sitting in a room saying, who do you think it is? Do you know what I mean? Who's who's Chu or Ming? You know, could it be this guy? Could it be that guy? Yeah. yeah, yeah, the strategizing aspect. It's something it's 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 I think a lot of GMs when they're running games when they first encounter this their impulse is to try to speed along play. They'll the players will slow things down by conferring and the GM will say, "Uh-oh, the story isn't happening or the adventure isn't moving forward. I better a lot of brand new GMs nowadays be like my plot isn't." Yeah. We don't have a plot, kids. And and this is why I sometimes think it's bad to model your adventure. Like I, I I've been encountering this. I've been on, involved in a lot of discussions on RPGs and adventure structure, and I'm encountering a lot of people who emulate modules a little bit rigidly. Do you know what I mean like that's their model? And 
you know, if, if you are only thinking in terms of a module structure, you might bump into this and think, oh, we got to do something. Something has to happen, whether it's the story or whether an encounter needs to take place. Something's got to occur that is where I'm properly doing my GM duties and keeping and managing the game. Do you know what I'm saying? And yeah. the, the thing about that, though, and I, I fall into that a lot myself. Uh, I've been easing back from it, though, because what I've realized, what I'm certain you're probably about to tell us, is that when the players are the ones directing the pace of the game, your game is awesome for them and for you. Yeah. No, that's exactly... Well, uh, that's one part of it. And the other part I would say is, what I just realized is, hey, my players are talking with each other about something that seems fairly mundane and not important to me, but they're having a great time. I'm doing very little work. And so this is actually like a landing space for me to stop and think. Do you know what I mean? Like every, yeah. and, and so 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 it's the best of both worlds. Your players are having a great time. You've gotten them to that point by all the other stuff you've done leading up to it, and now you can relax and you can catch your breath and you can stop and think about stuff that needs to be managed. You know, maybe you have to figure out what a certain NPC might be doing given the courses of actions that they're taking, or maybe you just need to sort of get some notes ready because the players are talking about going to see, you know, Admiral Hu Chi and you need to fig- you know, you need to get Admiral Hu Chi's, you know, information or something. Block, anyway, it's in one of these books. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a good time to go rifling through your books, which which when the players see you doing that, they realize that you're still involved in the game. Just there's a lot of stuff going on behind the curtain, which is absolutely fine. And really when I think about it, some of my favorite moments in games when I'm playing are those moments. When I'm just like, me and the other characters are just like yakking it up in, in character like we're in a Kevin Smith movie. Yeah. And it's role playing. We're role playing. It's fun to role play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Well, here's what it is. Players care about their fun. They don't care about your genius as a GM. Do you know what I mean? And so like, don't make it about you. Just make it about are the players having fun and... And again, not to the degree of what people might call the tyranny of fun, right? Where like you're you're almost you're almost making sure that the appropriate doses of fun are being administered over the course of the night. Not that. I'm talking about just checking the pulse of the game. If the players are having fun, then it's fine and you don't really need to you don't need to fix anything if fun is occurring, right? It's only when fun isn't occurring that you need to step in and say okay what's going on here what's what, what am i what's what you know is this what's there's a problem yeah or is, yeah. is it a necessary stall before something fun happens or is this a or we have we deviated somewhere and things aren't working but and though like you can compare that to a conversation too if you're the person who's in charge of a conversation you're leading it and your friends start kind of kibitzing and they're having a good time and everyone's still hanging out it's not really necessary for you to guide them back into the conversation. Yeah. You can wait. You can wait until it naturally kind of goes back that way. Or if yeah. it doesn't, whatever. In fact, that's probably a better use of your energy. Do you know what I mean? It's probably about, you know, uh, kind of using a like, you know, knowing when to to not use force. Do you know what I'm saying? And just kind of allowing something to, to arise. But... Uh, yeah. Also, an important thing, if your game is structured properly, even with those kind of things, you don't necessarily have anything you have to like get them back to. Like The game will kind of naturally take care of it. Uh, a lot of times, like if you're in like a mega dungeon or something, there's always something to do because going in any direction and looking for anything makes the game function. So 
and it's not that's not the only game structure that does that but like when you structure your game properly doing anything causes it to lurch forward so they can't they can basically not avoid it well yeah and, and also in a situation like this if you have the um uh what's his name Chu Erming uh if you have a character like that that's a threat then naturally it's something interesting is going to happen eventually anyways, right? Because it doesn't matter if the players are just sitting in one spot talking to a stone for 30 minutes. Eventually, Chu or Ming is going to take action. And so, you know, it'll all work out fine. This is, this is the kind of adventure that's probably one of the easier ones for a GM to manage because it's simply about letting the players conduct their investigation and all you have to do is play the Chu or Ming character, right? Or characters in this case. Sorry, I was gassy. Oh, that's all right. That's all I put right. Put some tiger sauce on pizza earlier because it gives me the strength of ten thousand men, and also it tastes real good. So, but I mean, like, there's going to be a consequence for eating that. What so, What did you put on there? Tiger sauce. Tiger sauce. Tiger sauce. It's delicious, Brendan. It's got a tiger on the bottle. I I never tried it before. Oh, okay. I was like, but I saw it, and it was a little green bottle with a red liquid, and it had, like, a little uh, red plastic stopper. I had a tiger on it. All it said was tiger sauce. And I'm like, that is some – that's got, like, the blood of a snake that's eaten, like, elk and ginseng for a thousand years in it. I've got to put some of that on my pizza. Okay. And I could find my delicious Chef Paul Prudhomme's pizza magic stuff. They had all his other stuff, but they didn't have the pizza magic. And I was like, curses! The one night I want pizza, I can't you have know, my delicious spicy Prudhomme spices on it. When uh, when I, when I, my, my wife is Taya. When I first met her, uh, I was going to her Thai restaurant all the time. And I don't know if you've ever been to a Thai restaurant, and I'm sure it varies from state to state, but they have uh, spice ratings, right, for the food. Like, they'll do, like, you know, one star, two, not one, one pepper, two pepper, three pepper. And, and so I remember when I met my wife, she started giving me the spice levels that they actually ate in the kitchen. Do you know what I mean? And so she was saying, which was like the 10 pepper, apparently was how she described it. And oh my God, that, that, like, I thought I liked spicy food and I did, but I, you have to build up to like those levels sometimes. You got to go through train. Uh, So, so my, oh, go ahead. Different ethnicities have different reactions to capsaicin. Uh, like I'm Irish, so I love spicy food, but it will cause me to die. So, but isn't isn't that? I thought that was largely just um, like the endurance that you've built up to it over. Oh know. no, it's an allergy. Human beings are allergic to capsaicin, and different people are allergic to different degrees. There, there's some level of that which has to do with ethnicity. Um, just a little thing. I, okay. I know a lot about spicy food because I love it so much. Okay, because what I found was I could eat it, but I had to work up to it. And once I worked up to it, I was fine. Um, but then if I, like today, because I haven't had it in ages, if I went back and tried to eat that 10, you know, 10 uh, pepper spice, because basically what 10 peppers was, was she took like a handful of crushed red pepper and poured it all over the pod thai. Do you know what I mean? It was just, there was so much red pepper in this, in this pad thai that it was just completely mixed in with the pad thai. Do you know what I'm saying? So there was, uh, you were just constantly getting, you know, hot red pepper in your in your mouth, um, and 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 not to be gross, but this was the kind of spice level where you felt it in the morning. Do you know what I mean? You you yeah, you, you felt it at both ends of your body. Yeah. <laughs> I, so. Man, I used to eat spicy food so often. Uh, this and like the tiger sauce is a little spicy for the record, but it's like. 
it's like introducing your friends to Indian food spicy, where mm-hmm. you're like, okay, like you, you'll talk to the kitchen and be like, okay, these guys have never eaten Indian food before. Uh, give them the lowest spice you can, but it's a little so they get the idea. Mm-hmm. And they're still sitting over there sweating like I was sweating by eating. So, oh man, it's really spicy. It's not spicy, Joel. You're just a wimp. So, um, so have you worked your your uh, endurance up to the tiger sauce, or is it still? No, no, the tiger sauce is not spicy. This is the beginning of a new journey of heat for me. Okay. Um, so I want to get to, uh, I'm doing a lot of, like, I'm changing my diet. I'm doing a lot of different cooking. So I want to do more Indian food, and, like, I want it to be, like, authentic, which means it's going to burn me. Okay. So trying to build up my endurance. Wait. So it's like, well, I get kind of a mild pizza. I'm going to put some, some tiger sauce on it. And I get you. I get you. I'm strong. Yeah, I, I think work your way up slowly is the way to go there. I think don't, you don't need to jump right up to to the highest spice level conceivable. Don't, don't begin at 10 pepper because you will die. Yeah, it's just, it's, 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 you know, I, th- I, I, th- the first, the first week I ate that way, I seriously thought I, I thought I was sick because I, like, I was not accustomed to how it made my whole body feel. And, yeah. and then I, and then I realized, oh no, this is just, I've been eating spicy food for four days and, you know, it's, that's what happens. So, but, uh, but no, it's, but, but, but here's what I will say. It was the most delicious pod thai I had ever had. Like it, it added a dimension of flavor I didn't even know that the pad pad thai had, and and so you know it's definitely worth trying. If and and also just something to, I mean I don't know again it probably varies a lot from restaurant to restaurant and you know person to person, but a lot of times I would have my friends request ten pepper at the restaurant. And they would take one look at the person and think, oh, no, this person can't handle a real 10 pepper. And so my wife would tell me later, no, we just gave them like six pepper. Do you know what I mean? Like just like that was like the heat level that we thought the person could handle. So, you know, you, 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 you if you if you really want the high spice level, you might have to, you know, really work your way regular. up. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, no, like. Yeah, I actually I got hooked on Indian food because I went to an Indian restaurant. Uh, there was a really nice one. I can't remember what it's called now. Uh, but uh, back when I lived in Tennessee, I would, I would eat there all the time. And eventually, the food got spicier because uh, I kept well, as soon as I first time I went in, I'm like, "You be the hottest stuff you got." I love spicy food. And the waiter looked at me like, "Uh huh, sure you do." And this food was very hot, so yeah. I was like, "Wow, this stuff is spicy. That's great." And I kept going in because it was so delicious. Real Indian cooking is unbelievably good. Um, and it was once they got to know me and recognized me on site, they're like, okay, all right, let's work them up a little bit. So I get the, I get the good stuff. Uh, right, so yeah, so. it's, but you know what? It's a worthwhile investment, you know, go and patronize your local eateries folks. Very, so, very good. And so I, I, and, and, and I hate to, to cut it off here, but, uh, and speaking of my wife, I have to go pick up my wife at the train station in a few moments. And so we're going to have to end the episode here. Uh, I don't, it's a good place to end it though because like that's kind of how the movie ends too you know they, they have this wonderful little romantic thing that you really invested in the whole movie and they're like okay it all worked out yeah this is the, i mean we're gonna we're gonna do more Polly shan kwong for sure because uh, and again i don't know i don't know what you would rate this movie i would probably give this movie a three out of five and i would say it's a very enjoyable three but yes. I wouldn't. I wouldn't give it a higher. I don't want to give the wrong impression that this is like a five or something. This is a. It's enjoyable. It's absolutely yeah. enjoyable, and it's it banks very strongly on the strength of, uh, its its main characters and its main actors, and um, it's got a lot of interesting quirky stuff, 
uh, give it a watch. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely worth checking out, and and I really want to encourage people to check out Paula Shanquan if they haven't, because she's she's charismatic, she's adorable, and she's also very proficient at the martial arts on screen. Do you know what I mean? It's a it's a really unusual combination. I think. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, there, there's there's there are other actors that have like two of those qualities, but I don't generally see that many that have all three. Do you know what I mean? Like, like. Like you know, maybe an actor like like uh, Kara Hawaii kind of has that, but but her but her charm is a different a different brand of charm, if that makes sense. Do you know what I'm saying? Than yeah. than Polly Shanquan. So I think I think. Oh, go ahead. This is not yet cycling blades. What's our next one? We're gonna watch with her. We don't we don't know yet, but uh, but we'll pick one out. And I think there was one up on Prime with Carter Wong in it. So I think we'll try to get that one. Um, and we'll see what we can do so until next time we will talk to you later Oh, fuck!